thank the Lord for God blessing me and for us being able to be in service in the chapel once again. Amen. We thank the Lord for his faithfulness. Uh, certainly, uh, this time that was considered a break from church has it turned into a challenge and a test, and I am blessed to share that God has been faithful Amen. despite challenges that we have faced. And uh, we want to give praise and honor to God for how he has blessed Pastor Alice, that she is as well as she is. And her number one desire is to be here with us in worship today. And with the help of the Lord, we desire to make that happen. Um, not today, but going forward <laughs> in the next uh, coming Sundays. And we continue to remember her in prayer. We thank the Lord for the prayers you have already shared on behalf of our family. The Lord allowed this to come at this time for this reason that we are, one of the things that uh, our uh, Aunt Juanita would tell us that anything that calls us to prayer is a good thing. And I have a better understanding of that now than when she said it. It was a challenge for me when she said it. I was like, anything? I always wanted to go pick on those anythings and say, well, not this thing, but I, I, I can say, Anything that calls us to prayer is a good thing. May the Lord inspire our faith. Thank the Lord for the presence of everyone. The Lord preserving you to be able to be in worship again. Thank the Lord for blessing everyone, being able to be in service once again. Thank the Lord for his faithfulness to not uh, forsake us and to be in our presence. And I heard the theme in the songs that the Lord had put on my heart for today. And I thank the Lord for his faithfulness and being able to work through uh, uh, a Holy Spirit led service here with us still. And uh, I wanted to spend some time. Uh, I always like to share, always like to share stories. I know that people relate to stories. Um, well, and I like to touch on those things. And um, when we were growing up, uh, most of the children in our family will remember that one of the things uh, our mother said to us when we got ready to leave for school was, be prayerful and have a nice day. Number one, be prayerful. And so each one of us, as we would go to school in the morning, she would give us that message. Be prayerful. Have a nice day. If, if she was driving us to school, she would say that as you got out of the car. If you were leaving from home, she'd say it as you went out the door. And she was faithful to remind us to be prayerful and have a nice day. And different ones of us over the years will be able to tell you that we, we did rely on prayer. We did rely on blessings. We did need God to bless us each day. And... Then it time passed and it came that I was in college age. And so then I was driving the younger ones to school in the morning. So it wasn't my mother. And um, I felt compelled to uh, carry on the tradition, be prayerful, have a nice day. And so then some of the neighbor friends would catch a ride. We would carpool. And so these children would ride with us to school in the morning. And I shared the same message, be prayerful, have a nice day. And so I did that for a while. And then the neighbor children said, you say that every single time. 
can't you say something different? And so I thought about it. I said, well, right now, I'm still going to remind you to be prayerful, have a nice day. But I'll, I'll, I'll think of something. And so then a few days later, we were getting off, going to school, and in the morning, and we would say, so I said, I came up with something new. And I said, have a nice day, remember to pray. <laughs> and so they listened to it, and they're like, okay, it's different. Still the same message, but remember, remember to pray. Remember where it is that your help come from. Remember where it is. And so I use the phrase, have a nice day, remember to pray. And so we continued with that same message. And so then uh, I eventually, most of us, as now we're adults, and um, as uh, I have been blessed in recent years to be with my mother, and so when she knows I'm going to work, she often remembers to say, be prayerful, have a nice day. And so even though it's been some 20 some odd, um, going on 30 years that I've had the occasion to have my mother uh, be aware, she always remembers to be prayerful, have a nice day. And the, the reason why that's significant is that when it comes to life, every single day, getting up and going to work, getting up and going to school, life happens in the monotony of every single day. And it is still the best thing to take God with you every single day. It's still the best thing to protect that salvation. It's still the best thing to be in touch with God. It's still the best thing for God to rule your heart and life. It's still the best thing to be prayerful and have a nice day. Because life is still going to come at you. Uh, someone's going to uh, get angry about things. It's still going to come at you. It's still better to be prayerful and have a nice day. In the everyday monotony of getting up and going to work, it's still the best thing to have God with us and to choose to say, yes, salvation is my, I, I'm choosing salvation today. Every single day, God keeps us and stays with us. It's still the best thing. Because we don't know who's driving next to us when we are traveling in our vehicles. We don't know who's flying next to us when we are on the plane. We don't know who, we do know when, it, when it's our office, we do know who those people are because we've gotten to know them. And it's still the best choice to be prayerful and have a nice day. It's still the best choice for God to shine abroad in your heart. It's still the best choice to be a Christian. And sometimes there is a flood. Sometimes there is a, a major trial. And sometimes it's just today. Even still, it's still the best thing. It's still the best thing to have our devotion. It's still the best thing to be in touch with God. May the Lord inspire our faith. We trust that as we look into the word, that it's an encouragement and a reminder and uh, a check where it needs to be a blessing and empowering where it needs to be and to be in the word. So we're going to look in First Kings. We're going to look in, we're going to look at both the test and the trial and then we're going to look at the everyday situation. So we're looking, I'm going to read 
1 Kings chapter 19. We're going to read verse 12, and then we're going to go back like I usually do and read up to 12. The focus is verse 12. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. Still small voice. Many times we uh, are faced with situations where someone's loud voice or their uh, power of their presentation is considered authoritative. But God wields the power that is him in a still small voice. We can hear the still small voice every single day. So let's read around it and see what happened. There was a whole lot of large things going on. But when it comes down to it, it's that still small voice. So we're going to go back to chapter 19, verse 1. And we're going to talk about this situation. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me or more also, if I have not thy life as the life of one of them by the morrow about this time. So this is Queen Jezebel and King Ahab. And they, aren't, they are not uh, supportive of God's prophet, Elijah. And in the previous two chapters, 17 and 18, what has occurred is that God, working his power, has blessed Elijah to perform a miracle that shows how powerful God really is. And so essentially it's a large blessing in which God showed who he was and rebuked to the point of death those who were going against him when he had him rain fire down onto the altar and burn up the offering from heaven that that God allowed to show his power. In contrast to a false god whom Ahab and Jezebel were worshiping and the prophets that are referenced in second verse and third verse were the prophets of Ahab, King Ahab, and Queen Jezebel's false gods. And so Jezebel is angry to a point of murder right here. It says, then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me. And more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came unto Beersheba, which belonged unto Judah, and left his servant there. I'm on verse 4. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree, and he requested for himself that he might die and said, It is enough now, Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat and drink and went into the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights unto hero of the mount of God. So he was discouraged and distressed and he needed to rest. 
Mm -hmm. Take a nap. Need some food to eat. Need to have snack. Need to get right focused where he needs to be. Because every day, it's still the best choice to have God with you. Okay. He was discouraged to the point he said, oh, I just could lay down and die. No, that's not what God is allowing. That's not what God calls for us to do. He says, get some rest. Get something to eat. And go with God every single day. Every single day. So life is still going to happen. Hate might still be there. Distress, challenging situations. Tests and trials will still be there. And this is something, maybe I needed it more than you. <laughs> but the Lord put it on my heart. <laughs> that everything that's going to happen in life is still going to happen. It's still best that we take God with us every single way, every step of the way. Sometimes it comes in the form of time for rest. Sometimes it comes in the form of time for you. Now, that meal does sound quite efficient. He was able to go for 40 days without another meal. That, that sounds like an excellent meal. <laughs> you can go for 40 days. I believe God has the ability to do that if he... If he uh, chose to, but I'm not encouraging anyone to seek that. No, we will go ahead and use the regular procedure that we use for eating and sleeping and drinking water. That's not a fast that I'm directing anyone to do, but it's reported here in the word that he gave him supernatural nourishment, supernatural strength to go on that meal that the angel provided for him 40 days. Now, back there in the previous verses in this chapter, he was rather discouraged in verses 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. And then the Lord blessed him to be able to go forth with power, go forth with energy, with nourishment, with strength, going forward every single day. On those 40 days, he was prayerful. He was focused. He was going with God. We have the blessed opportunity and ability to do the same thing. He is prayerful like that. He's an example to us. He wanted to give up. He said, I could just, just forget all this. I haven't done anything better than those who came before me. I'm done. God's not finished with us yet. He's not finished with us. He can bless us to continue to go forward. And he came hither unto a cave and lodged there. So the Lord provided a safe place for him to be. I'm on verse 9. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? He said, What you doing? And he said, I have been very jealous of the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altar, slain thy prophets with the sword, and I, even I, only am left, and they seek my life to take it away. So he still has a little bit of discouragement there, doesn't he? And I understand how that feels. But it's still the best thing. It's still the best choice. It is still the blessed choice to choose God to go forward. And he said, I have been very, oh, verse, I read that one, verse 10, verse 11. And he said, go forth. And stand upon the mount before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by, 
and a great strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. So the wind is a reminder of the power that God can do. And sometimes things will just blow it away. A wind can come. But God said, no, not in the wind. The wind comes, the wind goes. But that's not where I'm going to show my power. It's there. The Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind, an earthquake. Earthquakes get our attention. Yes, we here in Southern California, you probably have witnessed some in your lifetime. If not, you will. <laughs> you will witness an earthquake. An earthquake is undeniable. If you've never felt an earthquake before, you know it when you feel it. I made an intentional choice at the next, uh, for some years ago that I was going to listen to the earth during an earthquake. What the earth sounds like during an earthquake, it sounds like large pieces of metal are breaking. That's the sound of an earthquake. There's power in an earthquake, undeniable power in an earthquake. God put in place the earth, and the earth is shifting and this earthquake, it doesn't mean God didn't have the power. His blessing was not going to be identified with the earthquake. His blessing was going to be identified where he, we need to hear it. He doesn't need an earthquake. He does not need a wind to talk to us. And we get down to the 12th verse, which is our focus. And after the earthquake, a fire. Fires get our attention. Sometimes fire starts to sound like wind when they get really loud. They sound like their own tornado happening. But the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire, a still, small voice. God wields his power and authority through a still, small voice. The question is, are you listening? Are you listening to what God is telling you in that still, small voice? It's easy when we're going through these trials every single day. When it's a big trial, it's easy to start to forget about that still, small voice. And sometimes, in the monotony of today and every day, when there isn't anything to distract, it's just, a, just the routine of your going through your day. The still small voice is still there. Are you listening? God can still bless. And that's one of the challenges that I had to work through in this time of our break. Am I still listening? The Lord blessed me. I thank the Lord he blessed me. And my testimony to you is it still the best choice to have God with you? It's still the best choice to maintain your salvation. It's still the best choice to pray without ceasing with understanding. It's still the best choice to stay focused and keep our mind stayed on him. The Lord is faithful. He doesn't forget to bring that still small voice. 
He doesn't forget to bless you on a daily basis. He doesn't forget to encourage you when you need it. He doesn't forget to answer your prayers. He doesn't forget to protect you. He doesn't forget to give you strength. He doesn't forget those several things that it takes to get through each day, each week, and each month. I thank the Lord for his faithfulness. And Elijah reminded us here, even in a situation in which he was so discouraged because he feared for his life, God was faithful to wield his power and his blessing with that still, small voice. Let's continue reading at verse 13. And after the earthquake of fire, the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. And it was so when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entering of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, Where dost thou hear, Elijah? He says, Why are you here? Where are you hiding from? You know how to go into the world the way you ought, with God, with you. What are you hiding from? And he said, I have been very jealous of the Lord God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and I seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said unto him, Go, return on thy way into the wilderness of Damascus, and when thou comest, anoint Haziel the king over, to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, shalt thou anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat of Abmeholah, shalt thou anoint to be prophet in thy room. And it shall come to pass that him that escapeth the sword of Haziel shall Jehu slay, and him that escapeth the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. Yet I have left me seven thousand in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which hath not kissed him. So he departed thence and found Elisha, son of Shephat, who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him. Before we go on to that, right there. One of the reasons that Elisha was discouraged is because he didn't understand fully the power of God's blessing. He said, God said, I have more people who are worshiping me than who you think are not. So we encourage those who are still faithful to do what we said we can do. God said, I can bless so many more. Furthermore, I'm giving you the responsibility and responsibility and power to go and anoint some other ones to rule and in my name. May the Lord inspire our faith. Elijah needed a renewal of his faith that God can do what he said he could do. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord for how he blessed. Thank the Lord that there were so many more. So each one of us who are still encouraged, even though we went through a trial, a time, a space, the Lord has brought us back together 
to be reminded that we are still desired to be faithful, still desired to bless, still desire not to worship a false god, not to reject what God has for us. Elisha needed the encouragement. And still, every single day, it is the best thing to choose God. He still works in that small voice. And so finally we see he's able to move. He's able to get up and move with God as his guide in verse 19. So he departed thence and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with the 12 yoke of oxen before him. And he, with the 12th and Elijah, passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Let me, I pray thee, kiss thy father and my mother, that I will follow thee. And he said unto him, Go back again for what I have done to thee. He returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slew them and boiled their flesh. He's giving him a concrete response, giving that offering. Then he arose and went after Elijah and ministered unto him. May the Lord inspire faith. We still have a blessed opportunity to be faithful. Still, it is worth it to be in the place where God is calling for us to be. Still, it is blessed that God can move and wield his power to heal, bless, encourage, even with his still small voice. It is still the best thing, the best choice, the wisest choice, a faithful choice <clears throat> to be the Christian that God is calling for us to be. May the Lord inspire our faith. We have much to be thankful for. And I am thankful that the Lord was faithful to all of us in our time that it was our break. I'm thankful the Lord was faithful to all of us spiritually, physically, emotionally, all these areas God didn't forget about us. Thank the Lord for uh, his presence. I want to look up one more verse. Let's go to the New Testament. And we're going to look at the book of John, St. John. We're going to go to the 10th chapter. We're going to start at the sixth verse. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. For me, that's an encouraging verse to recite. I have it memorized, and I like to remember it. 
that this is referring to the everyday, the monotony of every single day, getting up and going with God. He says, I am come not to destroy you, but that you have life more abundantly. And says, anyone else who came and said that I can take you to heaven, who is not Christ, they were coming to rob you of an opportunity. Anyone who comes after we know about Christ and says, I can get you to heaven, is coming to rob you of your soul and your health and life. Because a heaven that anyone other than Jesus can take you to is not something or a place you want to partake of or be in or go to. The heaven that God has for you is the best place for your soul. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is an hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. So when it's not the shepherd, when it's not the one that made the sacrifice for the sheep, they aren't going to seek to protect like Jesus is. You can trust that every single day, in every single way that you are trusting in God, he will lead you and protect you and bless you every single day whatever it is that you're facing, that he will help preserve your salvation. He will inspire you and encourage you to be in that place because he desires that you have an abundant life. The number one focus of the abundant life is that your spirit, your soul, are nurtured, renewed, and strengthened to make the decisions that are needed. That's the primary purpose of the abundant life. Some persons have a narrow view of what an abundant life is. An abundant life includes being able to speak and worship God every single day. Being able to live and have life every single day. And then it says, seek ye first. Remember that scripture? Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and all these things will be added unto you. The most important thing is that our soul is where we're headed in the direction that God wants us to. So he can talk to our heart to bring peace to places of conflict, to bring love to places that are unlovely, to bring completion and efficiency to places where we're working and where we're working. So that all those things can be taken care of. That's the first thing. And then all these things will be added unto you. The all these things, those are the desires of our heart. Seek ye first what's best for your life and your soul and for your eternity. And then all these things will be added unto you. So all the things that will be added unto you They're different for each one of us. But God obligates himself to honor the desires of our heart when we are seeking what God has for us. 
That's when we say, is, is their heart in the right place? Is that what we have for us? May the Lord inspire our faith. And it's referring to a hireling fleeth because he is a hireling and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, I'm in verse 14, know my sheep and, and my sheep and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so now I the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. And the other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice. And there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. Jesus says, I take the responsibility of pre preserving you in your life and where you're going. It says the sheep that are not of this fold, those are ones who we might not see them, but they are in a location that's separate. He says, I will bring them all to me. All to it. Now, I don't know about you, but I have seen in this, in the last two years, um, if you consume media, social media, different places where people share different pieces of information, uh, people uh, put down and make uh, derogatory commentary about people being sheep. God is calling for us to have a, a mind, a heart, following him of sheep. I've seen that. I've thought about that. I've heard that. And it might be discouraging because the, the, the commentary is, is that you are just um, blindly following uh, something that you don't really know about and you just believe it because somebody said it. Well, when it comes to the word of God and God giving this metaphor example of us having a nature like sheep, it is not a derogatory place. Humans always need a guide. And humans will always seek a guide. When we choose salvation, when Jesus is our guide, and we depend on him, he is careful. He is careful to protect our life and our soul. Sometimes humans choose another guide. It's not guaranteed that that other guide will preserve and protect their soul. May the Lord inspire our faith. But there is documentation that here, in our humanness, we tend to turn to someone to depend on. We tend to do that as humans. It's a part of our response. So it is wisdom. It's still the best choice that we choose to depend on God. That we choose to maintain where we are. One of his trusting children. Because his goal for us, that we learned in the 10th verse, the thief cometh not, but for to kill, steal, and destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they may have it more abundantly. May the Lord inspire our faith as we endeavor to do his will. Having an abundant life 
is more of what we need. Having the life that God is calling for us to be every single day in the routine of every single day. Are we listening to that still small voice? May the Lord inspire our faith because we're able to revisit, come back to where we know we have this blessing. The Lord has been faithful. It's still the best choice. Be inspired and be encouraged. May the Lord inspire our faith. Thank you for your time and attention. Amen.